hard to preach coming out of that one. You know, it is uh, Memorial Day weekend, and tomorrow is Memorial Day. And uh, I was doing a little bit of research on the background to uh, this national holiday that we celebrate. And uh, it seems like for a long time it wasn't about a day off of work or having a barbecue and some kind of a family or friend get-together. Didn't really have anything to do at the lake. It was a day of national mourning, really. If you're old enough to remember, it was actually called Decoration Day. It was a day that was set aside to honor those who had fallen while in service to their country through the armed forces. It was actually changed to Memorial Day officially as a federal holiday in 1971, so about four years before I was born. Uh, you know, it's, it's concerning to me sometimes that we don't pass things on to the next generation, that maybe our children and our grandchildren and maybe even my generation don't really fully understand the purpose of this holiday as well as maybe some of our other holidays as well. And I think that it would, it would serve us well to make it a priority to pass on to the next generation what this holiday means. But not only that, but let's talk about our faith. I think it would do well to pass on our faith to the next generation as well. You know, we have a unique thing here in Enid, Oklahoma. We actually have a Vietnam memorial replica out at uh, Enid Woodring Airport. I don't know how many of you are aware of that. It uh, came to us in uh, 2013. It was actually the traveling memorial wall, and um, some people raised some money here in Enid and bought it and made a nice little display out there. If you've ever been out there, it's, it's amazing. I've actually been to uh, the Vietnam Memorial in, um, in, the, in the capital of the nation, um, and the one out here is scaled to about 80% the size, but it is still uh, just amazing to see 58, over 58,000 names on that wall that gave up their lives for our country. And it gets you to thinking about memorials and this, this holiday and this weekend. It's like, what, what is a memorial? What is the purpose of a wall? What is the purpose of some type of a monument, a memorial? The purpose of it is to remember, to show the history, to tell the story. We're going to be reading about that this morning. And we're going to begin in Joshua chapter 4. So if you would, just turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4. If you didn't bring your Bible this morning, you just grab the one right there in front of you, turn it to page 180. It'll be right where we need to be. And as always, you can uh, download the Oakwood app just in the uh, App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, just look at Oakwood Enid, and all the sermon notes and the scriptures and all that are right there for you in the app. If you go under Connect and Sermon Notes, you can find it right there. But Joshua chapter 4 is where we're going to be this morning. And uh, give, me, give you a little bit of background here. Something amazing has actually just happened to the nation of Israel, uh, God's chosen people, again. Uh, you all remember when they were uh, slaves in Egypt and they came to the Red Sea and the Egyptians were bearing down on them, behind them, and God parted the waters of the Red Sea and they walked across on dry land. And then when the Egyptians got in the, in the mouth of the sea, the walls of water closed on them. 
And it was amazing. Well, they had a similar experience if you're reading the book of Joshua in the chapter just preceding where we're going to be this morning. In chapter 3, it happened again in a different way. Uh, this time, the, um, the Ark of the Covenant was going before the nation of Israel, and all the 12 tribes uh, were behind the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, God made the waters of the Jordan River this time. So last time it was Red Sea, this time it's the Jordan River. Makes the, makes the Jordan River actually stop flowing, because it's a river, stop flowing, and they walk across with the Ark of the Covenant and the whole nation of Israel, all 12 tribes on dry land. So uh, that's what happened in chapter 3 in a nutshell. And then we get to chapter 4, and let's see what, what God does here. It says, when all of the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, and Joshua is the leader of the Israelites at this time, he said, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man. And command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. And then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man for each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. And when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever." Now we're going to read the, the end of this uh, passage in verse 19, same chapter, Joshua 4, just skip down to verse 19. It says this, the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did at the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all of the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. It's amazing setting up some stones and some rocks. But you read that passage and you understand these are not just stones and rocks. These have significant meaning. You, you need to understand this morning where I'm going with this. We, as Christians, as Christ followers, we are called by God to be living memorials for God. Testimonies of His greatness. We are called to be living memorials for God testimonies of his greatness. And you're going to understand this completely in a really cool way at the very end of the message today. But the first things I want to learn this morning is what was the purpose of Israel's memorial stones? What was their purpose? Because there was really three parts to it. The first purpose of the stones that were brought out of the, the riverbed was to remember. It was simple. It was just to spark a memory, to remember, to show the history to the next generation. Those stones were going to be a marker to remember, hey, something significant happened here. 
Now, I want you to understand why it was significant that they pass it on to the next generation. I had someone say this to me years ago, and it stuck with me. Christianity is always one generation from extinction. Christianity is always one generation from extinction. If you think about that, it makes sense. If, if the generation that's coming behind us does not accept God but rejects God, does not accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, but rejects Jesus Christ, then Christianity goes away and it is no more. It is of vital importance then that we pass on our faith to the next generation, that we remember what happened before. Now that doesn't mean that we live in the past, but I think it serves us well to remember our past. In regards to the nation of of Israel in this passage, they had had all of these things happen as God was bringing them into the promised land. There were so many things that happened. I mean, it, it was an awesome time to be a part of the nation of Israel. They had, a, they had all of these people that were following God through the wilderness. They had all of these people that had seen miracles that they'd never seen before. I mean, God wasn't only you know, stopping rivers or any of that kind of stuff. God was doing amazing things amongst the people. And it was very important that they not live in the past, but that they remember the past so they could so that they could remember what God had done. There were so many events where the Israelites were delivered from the hand of destruction, were delivered from part of the enemy, and God provided for them every step of the way. You see, the people would sometimes come out of an event, and they would build an altar and offer a sacrifice to the Lord. But there were certain times, and special times, where they would erect a memorial of some type Because they wanted the next generation and people who didn't know the Lord to see that and to remember. And one of those memorials is these these stones. I have a couple pictures uh, that I want to share with you uh, this morning that show us the the stones uh, from Israel. Uh, These are some stones in Israel. I'm not sure exactly where, uh, but this would be a good example of how they would stand stones. They would bring them out of the riverbeds. They would actually stand them on end, and you can see there's actually a, a, a path or a road that goes between them. Uh, they wouldn't try to hide the stones. They wanted them out there where people would pass by. They would actually see them so they could see the monument to the Lord. They could remember what God had done there. Now, this next picture is really cool. I was very excited to find this. This picture is near Gilgal. Okay, now you remember in our passage today, it says they're going to set the stones out of the riverbed near Gilgal. These are the stones that most scholars and archaeologists believe were the 12 stones that were brought out of the riverbed of the Jordan and set up when Joshua commanded them right there in Joshua chapter 4. This is why the Bible is so amazing. It's because it's true, people. (laughs) If people say it's not true, it's like, well, go go over there and look at the 12 stones that they talked about in Scripture. It's just amazing. But they set up these stones so that they would remember what the Lord had done there. And that's what we need to to remind ourselves of. The purpose of a memorial is to remember. Well, what's the second thing? The second thing is to tell a story. Israel's memorial stones, they were set up to tell a story. They weren't just to remember what God had done, but they were to actually tell the story of what God had done. Our God wants every person that he's ever created to know him, to be in a relationship with him. 
And God has chosen to spread his story of redemption through those who believe in him and place faith in him. If you don't believe this, you can look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And this is what it says. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise of Jesus' return. But the only reason that Jesus waits is because God is patient. That he wants not anyone to perish without knowing him, but for everyone to come to repentance through Jesus Christ so that they can be saved. This is because of God's love for his creation. He loves his children. He loves the people that he created. And God puts us in life together, passing each other, rubbing shoulders with each other, so that we can tell stories about what God has done for us. You know, there's a time and a place where we need to share the stories of God's faithfulness and his greatness to the world. But sometimes I think we have a problem as Christians. We have this tendency as Christians to become isolationists. We have this tendency to pull ourselves so far out of the world. We pull ourselves into these tiny little Christian cliques and communities. And we don't have any interaction with unbelievers. We especially don't want to have friendship with unbelievers or or even begin a relationship with unbelievers. Instead, it is our assignment, and we read it all throughout Scripture, that as believers, we're to live so publicly and front and center to the world that we can be an influence on others' lives. That when people see us, they see Jesus, and then we can share and tell our story of the greatness of God. In John chapter 13, verse 15, Jesus said this. He said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. What did Jesus do? He hung out with sinners. He hung out with those far from God. In fact, he recruited 12 guys who are far from God and brought them together to be his disciples and to take his message to the world to tell the story of Jesus. I think that they did a fair job. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In other words, what he's saying there is, look at me as I follow Christ. See the difference that he's made in my life. And wow, did Paul have some stories. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do, to tell the story of Jesus, to be a living memorial, a living monument for him. That's exactly what these stones did. The people would look at these stones, these memorials, and they would say, well, what what does this mean? What is the meaning of this? And people would say, well, this is to remind us of what God did here. Let me tell you what God did here. He stood up the, 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 the River Jordan. He stopped it in, in, in the Ark of the Covenant, and all of the nations of Israel walked across on dry land. Isn't that amazing? And people would go, wow. Look at the difference that God made in their life. You see, we are called to be living memorials for God. 
testimonies of his greatness. So the first thing that we need to understand about Israel's memorial stones was that they were to remember, they were to tell a story, and and the third thing is they were to make an impact. It wasn't just to remember, it wasn't just to tell a story, it was actually to make an impact. In fact, I could even say it was actually to change lives. It was to change people's lives. It was to change people's eternal destinies. You see, in the promised land, God was wanting to put his people on display. I believe that's why God put the nation of Israel at the crossroads of the world so that all would know him. Look at this map on the screen. Where is Israel? Do you see the yellow arrow? Israel's really, really small and tiny, but where is it? It's in the middle of everything. You go to the Middle East, it's in the middle of everything. It's the center of the world. God didn't do that by accident. God did that on purpose. Why? Because he wanted the whole world to see and to know his fame and his glory and who he is. He wanted what? That none would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And when they placed these stones that we saw earlier, they were always at the crossroads, at the trade routes, at the highways and the byways, so that everyone could see them. There was this route that in Israel went north to south. It was called the King's Highway. It was actually just a few miles on the west side of where the Jordan River was. And if you walked the King's Highway, you would see there were uh, two or three points on the highway where you would see monuments, you would see altars, you would see stones that were set up there because it was so well-traveled that everyone would see it, that everyone could attest to what God had done there, to remember, to tell a story, to make an impact. I believe that God still wants us to do that today. I mean, folks, think about it. Some of you are in school. You're on a sports field. You're in a hospital. You're in a workplace. You're in the community. You're called to be living and breathing memorials for Jesus that you would would reflect Christ to the lost and dying world because they're hopeless without Him. And God chose to do that through you and through me. Because we are called to be living memorials for God. Testimonies of His greatness. It's an amazing tie-in to Joshua chapter 4 that we read earlier. It's actually found in 1 Peter chapter 2. Written 14 or 1500 years after Joshua. And look at what Peter. Yeah, this is the Peter that walked on water, the Peter that was with Jesus, Peter that denied Jesus three times. Same Peter. This is what he writes, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, As you come to him, <clears throat> that's being Jesus, as you come to him, a living stone. Rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know what's really weird about that? If you read the whole part there, I mean, he's, he's doing this building illustration. I get that. But all of a sudden here, he turns to living stones. He calls Jesus 
the living stone that was rejected by men but is precious to the Father. And then he challenges us. He says, you like living stones. Most scholars believe that Peter was referencing Joshua. Because if you were a Jew and you understood these stones, he was making the shift here. We're not going to remember what God did in the past through these stiff monuments. No, now you're a walking memorial. You're a walking monument for God. He says to all those that believe, you, you like living stones are going to be built up into a spiritual house for all of the world to see. And I ask you this morning to consider as we close our time together who are you being a living stone to? Who are you a memorial to? How are you passing your faith in God to the next generation? And this is a really hard question to ask. But do your children, for some of you, do your grandchildren? For some of you, do your great-grandchildren? And for a handful of you, do your great-great-grandchildren know the Lord? Do they look to you as a living stone? As one who remembers, who tells the stories, and who makes an impact in their life? Because you and I are called by God to be living memorials for Him. And when we live this truth out in our lives, I believe that we will see many more people coming into the kingdom of God. Let's pray.